Hi, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast Season 3, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is a podcast dedicated to all things food, from culinary sleuthing to recipe ideas and interviews with people who are passionate about food and delicious adventures. So join me here on Fridays to explore the world through the lens of food, and together we can share some laughs, conversation, and I welcome you at my table always. So if you're ready, let's jump into our next food adventure together right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast, season three, what? And I'm your host, Beth Fuller. I can't believe it's season three. If you're new, if you're new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. You have a lot of catching up to do. No, no pressure, no pressure. You've been here through all the seasons. Well, I love you and thank you for listening to me every week chattering away. And you know what I'm going to say, don't take notes. I've taken all of your notes, so head on over to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. And while you're there, take in that amazing food, product, and lifestyle photography. It's what I do for a living. So if you need photos, I'm your gal. Hit me up. If you've got questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, if you need culinary sleuthing of any 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 kind i'm your gal send me an email let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and of course tag me in all of your food adventures on instagram at let's go on a food adventure all right you guys let's do this let's go on a food adventure hi everyone how's your week going how was your last week that's the question i have for you um no really I I missed you. I missed you all so much. How's life? How are things where you are in this little nook of the world? It is busy, busy, busy here in my photography world. I was shooting in Boston with a client last week, all week. And then this week, I was shooting with two clients here in my own studio. So busy bee. Um, All right. This week on the podcast. So it's been brought to my attention that we have a lot of new listeners. So first and foremost, thank you. Thank you for finding me in this little square, uh, I like saying the word nook, this little square nook of the world, my little happy place. And uh, it's so nice to meet you. It's such an honor that you take time out of your day to listen to me. So thank you. I Time is very precious and uh, it means a lot to me that you take the time to be here with me chatting. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Because of that and because of these wonderful, all of you wonderful new listeners, uh, it's been brought to my attention that it would be nice if I did a little getting to know you, getting to know me kind of episode. So that's what today is. Today's just going to be a little snippet episode, a little snack size. And I wanted to just take time to welcome you here and to, in case you haven't listened to the other two seasons of the podcast, please catch up. Please listen when you have time. If any of those conversations interest you, I try to make the headers of the podcast titles of each episode um, on topic for what we talk about during the episode. So if any of those entice you, just dive right into them. They're all fabulous. It's like I couldn't pick a favorite. 
be like picking a favorite puppy. And there's only one puppy in my life. His name is Oliver. So, so me, me, you let's talk about me back to center. No, I'm kidding. No, really, though. Let's talk about me. Um, <laughs> I am 42. I just recently turned 42. I had a birthday in December. Me and Taylor Swift share the same birthday. I've had it way longer than she has, but I welcome the company. Um, I have a Todd. Well, my husband, my, I'm married. My husband's name is Todd. Uh, so if you hear me reference him on the podcast, then you know who he is. He is the director of culinary at a major college right outside of Boston called Wellesley College. It's a fabulous all women um just I don't want to say liberal but it's pretty liberal it's it's a great it's a great college so um yay Wellesley College and a lot of really strong fabulous women have come out of Wellesley College um and I have a lovely fur baby Todd and I have a furry child his name is Oliver He's a four-year-old English cream golden retriever. He is, he is our world. <laughs> we love him so much, honestly. I, I could talk about him for hours. I do, I do, I do. I just, I stare at him and I think to myself, how did we get so lucky that this little fur baby picked us to be his parents? Like, I am forever grateful he is, uh, he's amazing. And I, I'm, if I keep talking, God knows I'll probably start crying because I love him so much. Like, literally, li that's, yeah, it's, it, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what else can I tell you? He's also snoring next to me. So if you hear snoring, it's not me and it's not anyone else in the room except for Oliver. He snores like a human. He also burps like a human. What are some more fun facts about me? Uh, professionally, as you heard at the top of the podcast, I am a professional food and product, well, and lifestyle photographer. I do it for a living. I absolutely love what I do. I work with clients near and far, both locally, internationally. Um, I travel for work. I have uh, a lot of fun doing remote shoots with clients, work with very large commercial clients to smaller boutique -y kind of clients. So it's, it's just, I feel so utterly grateful that I uh, tumbled, I don't want to say stumbled, I tumbled into this career. I've been a photographer off and on for 20 something years. I am a huge lover of food, which we'll get into in a second. And when I've finally found a way to combine both of them and do it successfully and make a business out of it. I just, it's, it's absolutely everything to me. So if you enjoy food photography or product photography or lifestyle photography, or if you are in need of it, um, head on over to my website, elizabethrfuller.com and let's chat. Let's chat about your projects because, uh, I love meeting new people, love helping clients out, tell their story visually and uh, love creating the joy that I get to create in the world 
between the podcast, between my art, um, everything. And just having great conversations with people, you know? It's not always about making the sale. It's also about meeting some really cool people along the way and enjoying each other's company. So, so that's a little bit about my business. And then the podcast. So, and there's so much more, but let's just talk about the podcast for a second. So the podcast, I write, produce, host, record, and edit all me, myself, and I. I taught myself uh, this tiny little bit of sound engineering, which I don't even really consider it that, but I taught myself this back in December of 2020 because I missed people. I missed humans. I missed talking to people, connecting with people. And I needed a way to fill that bucket for myself. And I figured jumping on a podcast, creating one, I love consuming them. Why not create one? Um, And talking about things that I love, which is really food and the people that create it and the people that can, I mean, who doesn't consume it, right? We all consume it. But like, there's so many wonderful layers to food, the industry, the people who grow it, people who make products with it, conversations you have over even mundane meals. They don't need to be the most amazing, exquisite, you know, $10,000 dinners. I don't have $10,000 dinners, but you know what I'm trying to say. They can be as simple as a box of mac and cheese and a seltzer and just sitting with somebody that you love and chatting with them. Or maybe it's just curling up on the couch, watching something really good and snuggling with your puppy and eating popcorn. Like there's something very special about when you consume something that someone has put a lot of love, time, and care into, and you put some love, time, and care into what you're making for someone or the thoughtfulness that you have when you're creating you know, you're even as simple and you might laugh, but as simple as just creating a really nice little bowl of popcorn um, and taking the time to put it in a nice bowl, taking the time to just relax and like melt into your couch while you're eating it. Like there's, there's just so much joy that can be had by all of that. Like I remember my love for food. Yes. I love cooking for people as I've mentioned on here hundred thousand times as I mentioned on the Netflix show and everywhere else I talk about how much I love to cook for people and it's one of my love languages and how one of the ways I show love to the people around me but I also really enjoy having conversations with the people who create the food like for example uh we were on this wine tour we were in this uh vineyard uh Todd and I and when we were walking through the vineyard, it was a tour, a private tour. So it was just us and the owners of the vineyard. And we're walking through the vineyard and I noticed on the runs of grapes, they had these beautiful flowers on the end of each like run, just roses, other types of flowers, whatnot. And I, I know I've mentioned this here on the podcast, but what the hell, we'll mention it one more time. And um, humor me. And I asked the owner, I was like, oh, you know, is that just decorative? Those flowers are really pretty. And he goes, no, it serves a purpose. It's because if there's a disease that's around, the flower will reflect that they have caught the disease first. 
and before it gets to the grapes. So it gives us a chance to try to save the entire run of grapes um, by noticing what's going on with the flower in front of it. That's why we put them there. I mean, things like that. Like, I just, I was so not just interested in it because I am interested in it. It's also like, wow, it's so thoughtful. And like the things you just take for granted when you open a bottle of wine and consume it, you don't think about the hands that went into making it. And I enjoy thinking about the hands that go into making these things, the hands, the thought, the, not the grind, necessarily but I guess the grind like just every little nuance of what I'm consuming I really like to take the time to meet the people and I can't believe Oliver is snoring so loudly next to me I almost want to put the mic next to him I mean like he is out out um it's a cold rainy day here I can understand if it wasn't for the podcast I would probably be taking a nap too it's been one of those weeks um, anyway, so it, to me, like, that's why I started the podcast and one of the reasons I enjoy food so much. And I love to geek out on, like, why things work, why things don't work. Um, it's one of the reasons why I really loved America's Test Kitchen. The company itself as a whole, when I first saw their show on PBS, I was like, holy shit, like, there's people like me out there in the world who care who just like give a shit about why <laughs> like certain what's the best tasting boxed chicken stock and here's why you know like what's the best whisk for what method and here's why like I didn't know that there was other people out there that cared like I care about that kind of stuff and when you find it uh it's it's really fun and Again, that's kind of why I have this podcast because I get to meet such incredibly interesting people that I would never cross paths with. And on top of that, like hearing their stories, hearing like hearing their why. But on top of that too, it's the other component to this whole podcast is you guys, is your participation in this. Like without you, there's there's no listener questions. There's no culinary sleuthing. And that's part of the reason why I love doing this so much. It's yes, I love interviewing people. Yes, I love talking to um, just amazing producers, purveyors, chefs, uh, yeah, nutritionists, dietitians, you, you name it. We've talked to food photographers. Uh, the list goes on and on. Celebrities. It's there's no shortage of awesome people out there, but you guys, you guys are what makes this podcast so not just something for me to do, but makes me want to take time out of my week each week to do the culinary sleuthing, to get these people on the podcast, to answer your questions, to just learn more about the food industry, about why I love food so much. And I can't thank you enough. Like without your participation, this podcast would not be what it is. So thank you. And please keep those questions coming in. They mean the world to me. And I find it so fun to answer them. I get texts and DMs and emails and phone calls from so many people out in the world asking me all the time, 
questions about food, how to prepare something, what would go good with this, um, how to do a dinner party, like you name it. And I answer it because I love it. I absolutely love sharing what I know because it brings me so much joy. So thank you. Thank you for all that you do to participate in this podcast and making it what it is. So keep the listener questions coming in. You can send me a DM or you can shoot me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And on Instagram, it's let's go on a food adventure. So don't ever hesitate. Send them in. I love answering them. Thank you. Uh, what else can I tell you? Um, I am things that don't have anything to do with food. I am obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race. I love every episode. <laughs> I love the spinoff shows. I have an addiction, sir. I love RuPaul's Drag Race. I also love, um, old school sex in the city. I know every word to every single episode and I've watched them all about a million times. I can tell you, you, I could play sex in the city, city trivia, and I would crush it every single time. Mm -hmm. I've got, if there was like a jeopardy that was just sex in the city, I would fucking be that Ken guy. And I would, I would, I would be hosting that as a matter of fact, because I would have won it so many times that they would be like, no, Beth, we want you to come back and we're just going to pay you a lot of money to just host it because you're so knowledgeable at sex in the city. I know. I know. I know. Um, I read every single night. I read, I read, I go through so many books. I do binge TV. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like somebody who I only read at night. No, uh-uh. No, we have like every single subscription service. <laughs> so we watch Todd and I watch an obscene amount of TV, but, uh, I wouldn't say obscene, but like we do enjoy TV, but I, um, I read every single night. I also go to bed every single night about the same time. And it's really early for a lot of people. <laughs> so just so I can sit and read. I know this is who I am. This is what 42 looks like. And it's pretty fucking awesome. I'm telling you. Like my wind down starts at 8.30. I am upstairs getting ready. The debeautification process is happening. And <laughs> no matter what, God forbid we have dinner out somewhere with friends <laughs> who are like, yeah, we're going to eat at eight. I'm like, oh my God, I will. I definitely will like man up and enjoy that time while I'm out. But you best believe the second dinner is over the whole entire time on the ride home. Like, oh my God, I just want to go to bed. I just want to go to bed. I just want to go to bed. Um, the days of Beth staying out late. Mm -mm, no, I've never been a night owl, but I bartended for 13 years at like really like either divey punk rock bars, um, or nightclubs I bartended at. I bartended at a bar on sunset in LA. I've bartended at some restaurant bars, but like mostly they were like divey punk rock bars. And so the last calls at 2 AM. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, that was painful for your girl to stay up that late. And the second I stopped bartending, whoo I went right back to going to bed at 8 30. <laughs> I am who I am. Um, but I'm up early. I love the morning. I love mornings, love mornings. It's one of my favorite times of the day is morning. Mm, love me some morning. I'm a morning person. Hard to believe. I know. 
What else can I tell you that's a fun, fun fact about me? Hmm. Maybe that's it for now. So uh, again, thank you all for listening. I absolutely love and adore you. The podcast does get released on Fridays. Uh, this season, I'm trying to do every other Friday. So unless just, well, maybe I'll, maybe there's somebody listening out there who wants to help uh, jump in and help produce this or, I don't know, help me out in some way. And um we can talk about it and then do the podcast more often. It's just a lot for me to do on top of running my business and uh, being a full-time photographer. All right. So with that being said, I thought we need to talk about some food things. Food things that happened this week. Maybe you'll find this interesting. Maybe not. But I think you will because you've been here a while and you've made it this far. So let's keep on keeping on. All right. So... Has everyone watched the menu? If you haven't, stop the podcast right now and go and watch the menu. I think it's on HBO Max. Oh my God. We watched it and then like I read the synopsis ahead of time or I read, I watched the trailer and I read something about it ahead of time. Then I watched it. And then I had to like follow up and read a few more things afterwards because I was like, this is such a mind fuck. Like it's so dark and satirical in the best ways possible. And it just, it's, oh man, it is deep. It, it's like, it is a fucked up deep film. And then what happened literally like three days later after we watched it, Noma closes. Ooh, and you know, I've never eaten at Noma. I've eaten at uh, some other really posh, expensive restaurants. Not like Alinea, which is another that would be up there in the Noma category um, for food. But so, if, for those who don't know what Noma is, Noma was a restaurant in Copenhagen that really put I don't want to say Nordic food on the map, but like. It had been open for, I think, almost two decades, possibly. I would guess two decades. And um, the guy who owned it, Rene, his big thing was he cooked. Well, he forged and pickled and cooked, like, beyond hyper-local. Like, whatever was outside of his front door, this guy was turning into this incredible sophisticated, elegant, over-the-top cuisine that blew everyone's mind when it came out. And the the big problem with all of this, and even me as a consumer of it, and a lot of probably you, the listeners out there as consumers of it, is that like a restaurant like that, you're probably looking at a ticket average of anywhere from like 500 to 750 plus per person, per, per meal. On top of that, then you, you know, you pay wine, you pay also for travel expenses to go to Copenhagen because a lot of the people who are eating at this restaurant are not living in Copenhagen. They are coming and traveling just to eat at this restaurant. It is like a luxury destination kind of meal. Um, and it had, I think as of last year, about a hundred people working there 
and only a third of them got paid. The rest were unpaid interns. And can you put that on your resume as part of your pedigree? Uh, sure, absolutely. Um, I don't think that's right, though. I don't think, and it's easy for me to say as somebody who stands and observes and also eats at a lot of these, not like that, but at other places, um, and pays a lot sometimes to eat really high-end meals, just you assume that everyone's getting paid to be there on top of the prestige of working there. It's not just the prestige of working there. But, uh, and so anyway, one of the reasons they're closing is because I want to say, I don't know exactly when, but they started putting the unpaid staff on the payroll and it just blew out their costs and um, they couldn't sustain it. Yeah. So, and they didn't put all the unpaid staff on the payroll. I don't think I could be wrong with that. I, I need to reread the Times article, um, but I will link it in the show notes if you're interested in learning more about it. Um, but the menu, the movie is really highlighting everything that's wrong with the food industry on a high end level. And um, it is, yeah, it was, I, if you haven't watched it, I don't want to give anything away. You should watch it. It's definitely not like when I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh my God, are they like, are there, is there like cannibalism in this? <laughs> like, is it like a wicked scary movie? Uh, no, mm -mm. no, not at all. It's just twisted and unfortunately kind of true. And a lot of the, the things that they kind of dance around and talk about. Oh my God, can we take a second to talk about two things that I made this week that we really need to talk about. First, Japanese pancakes. I am obsessed. Obsessed. Like, <laughs> obsessed. Have you ever had a Japanese pancake? Do you know what they look like? If you don't, I will link it in the show notes along with the recipe I followed. Oh my God, are they fucking good. Like, and surprisingly, kind of on the healthier side of things because they're like these little mini souffles of pancake deliciousness it took so long to make them so you can't be in a rush to make these and they do deflate after you make them but basically you make almost like a souffle batter and for those who don't know what that is it's like you whip the egg whites so they're really nice and fluffy and you can put the bowl over your head and the egg whites don't plop on you like nice stiff peaks and then in another bowl, you whisk some of the yolk, uh, a tiny bit of sugar, a little bit of baking powder, some um, flour, a little salt. I don't know if there's anything else in there. Oh, milk, something else. I feel like I'm missing something. Anyway, I'll link the recipe. And then you fold the egg whites into that other mixture and you get this really beautiful, light, fluffy batter. And then in a pan, this method worked for me. Maybe it'll work for you. You... Um, Get a non-stick skillet. Use my words, Beth. A non-stick skillet uh, on extremely low heat, like really low, as low as you can go. If you were limboing, you would basically fall over and break your back because you would not be able to go this low. But you can go this low. So anyway, you want to go as low as you can go on your stove, and you put the pan on, 
and then you, you wipe just like a neutral oil with like a paper towel in the pan. Take a, I used an ice cream scooper because that's what was easiest for me. Scoop, scoop, put a lid on it. So like one scoop, I did not, you can't see my hands. Let's use my words. So you do one scoop and then you do another scoop next to it. But like with space, you're making two pancakes. Then you put a lid on it and you put a lid on it for like five minutes. Take the lid off. Being very careful not to disturb these little gems because they are precious and they are finicky people. So then you take another scoop right on top of each dollop. So now you have double dollop, right? And then I took a tiny bit of water, just like mm, a couple of drops on either side. Don't let the water touch these pancakes. This is going to sound so fussy, but it's so fucking worth it. You just want to create a little steam in there. Put the lid back on. If your stove is too low, you can turn it up just slightly, but not too much. Like I'm telling you, you want your stove on low. Then another five minutes goes by. You do this again. So now you got three ploops going on top of each other, right? And the steam. Then you take the lid off and it needs to look like it's steamed up a little bit. And like the ploops are cooked, not like cooked, cooked. You'll see when you see it, it's like, oh, it's definitely changed texture and color a little bit right then you have to have culinary confidence a little kitchen confidence here get a spatula get right underneath them they'll come right up if they come right up you've done good we're good if they don't come right up like say you put your spatula you start putting your spatula under and it's not giving right away your 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 ploopy pancakes are not done yet put the put the lid back on then come back to this step so then you take them, you flip them over, bloop, bloop. And now you're going to brown the other side. I'm telling you, you're looking at like 15 to 20 minutes per, <laughs> per round of making them. So these are not, <laughs> these are not like <laughs> expressy pancakes. And then the best part is like when you take them out. So then like five more minutes goes by, you can add a little more water to create more steam. Then you take them out, you put them on the, the plate and you look at them and you're like, oh my God, I can't wait to eat these. And they slowly start deflating as souffles do. They're still fluffy. Like they're still happy and fluffy and delicious, but <laughs> they, do, they, do, they do slightly deflate. And then you can put like a little knob of butter on top, some maple syrup, a little powdered sugar. Mm, mm, mm. If you want to like add some fruit to the side or something like that, don't mix fruit in this batter. This is this is not a fruit. Mm -mm, no, ma'am. Um, she's too delicate for fruit. But I'm telling you, these are the lightest, the fluffiest, the most dreamiest pancakey numbers you will ever have. And you need to make them like you absolutely need to make them. Go to the show notes, go to the web, go to my website, go to my show notes. I will link everything there. Up next is something else that I have never truly taken that much time to master. And I didn't master this by any stretch of the imagination, but I have a better handle on it. The grit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Grits. I, over the weekend, last weekend, made some beautiful shrimp and grits. I followed kind of a mushmash of two recipes. I'll link them in the show notes. 
this it was the thing that I liked about these grits and I got I used the recipe from the New York Times for them and I made creamy cheddar grits was they used a descriptor that said you'll know when the grits are done or close to being done because they'll start smelling like popcorn I'm on a popcorn kick today on this episode um I've mentioned it many times anyway uh great descriptor great like little nod to knowing when the grits were done and the other thing that I did this time with my grits I really took my time with them so I have made polenta many times I've made grits many times I have not made one that was as good as I made them this weekend I used the straight up Bob's Red Mill medium grind corn grit I don't even think it's called grits, just cornmeal. Um, not fine. I think it was medium. And I want to say it took close to an hour to make them. Get when you the, the thing I learned when making them this time was in the pot, you know, you follow the recipe, you put in all the liquid, the butter, um, the dairy and the milk and um, I put in a little chicken stock then you boil that you get it to a boil and you slowly whisk in your grits and then it will start boiling pretty much instantly while like while the while the mixture's boiling you whisk in your grits and then once you get all the grits whisked in turn it all the way down to low or like I mean I ended up my stove's hot so I turned it down to low but like one notch up from the lowest setting because what you want to start happening is just this slow little bloop 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 in the in the pan as you're stirring it um and over time again it took almost an hour it was like mm, a little over like probably 50 minutes five zero fifty minutes um and then slowly adding a little liquid just as it like was starting to get a little over thick in places you you feel and like taste them as you're going because certain brands and certain types will cook differently but you can definitely taste them from when I thought I normally would have ended it to then letting it go almost double the time and I was like holy shit this is night and day like it they really they were really flavorful. They tasted so good. Highly recommend making them. So if you're looking to make something uh, this weekend, shrimp and grits, baby, or just even the grits and then do something else with them. Put an egg on it. You know, I love putting eggs on things. Um, and last but not least in the food thing, mm, actually, there's two more things. There's two more things and then I'll be done. I promise. Uh, I have been obsessed again this week, me and my obsessions with uh, oatmeal. I have a love-hate relationship with oatmeal. There's certain things I do to oatmeal that I think help me stay fuller longer. Oatmeal does not, does not keep me full. I get so hungry for lunch early. I mean, I'm eating breakfast fairly early anyway, like sometimes 6.30, 7 a.m., depending on when I get up. Um, so there's that part of it. But then on top of that, like usually by, if I eat oatmeal, usually by like 
10.30, 10 10.15, I am starving, starving, starving like I didn't eat, haven't eaten for a week. Like I've been on a deserted island for an entire week and all I have is a coconut and a hammer. Like I am so, so hungry, so hungry. So some of the things I've tried to do in the past was soaking the oats overnight with just water and a little bit of lemon juice because that helps break them down and soften them and then hopefully your body can digest them a little better and then keep you fuller longer. Another thing, which works, but you don't always remember to soak your oats. So then if you can't do it overnight, soak them for like a half an hour even before you're going to cook them. That helps, definitely helps. This week, yours truly has started adding a tablespoon and a half of chia seeds to my oatmeal right when it's done cooking. Right before I pull the pot off the stove, I mix in a tablespoon and a half of chia seeds, stirry, stirry, stirry. Then I put it in my bowl with all of my fun toppings um, that I always do. And not only do I love the texture of chia seeds in my oatmeal, and I also love the look of it, I actually, do they keep me fuller longer eh, a little more a little more might buy me like 20 minutes <laughs> half an hour longer I'll take it I'll take it as a win and plus chia seeds are so good for you good fiber good 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 things are happening with chia seeds and who doesn't like eating them chia so um highly recommend that was there one more thing hmm I don't know well we won't know now that's okay Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to all the new listeners out there. I adore you. Welcome to my table. It's so nice to have you here. So for the show notes, go to my website, elizabethrfuller.com. Everything is there. Drop me an email if you've got questions for the podcast. That's part of the fun here. I do all of your culinary sleuthing for you. So make sure... You send in all of your questions. Uh, that would be let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. All right, you guys, make some yummy food together this weekend. Lead with kindness, and I'll see you next Friday. Bye.